Whether on the go or at the table, get lost in a conversation about everything coffee with your host, Eric Ortiz. Hey everyone, welcome to season three of Everything Coffee, a podcast that brings in different people weekly from all walks of life to talk about, guess what, everything coffee, of course. Today I'm joined by Ramon Parada, he is the owner of Glia's Coffee Co., a mobile coffee shop operating of, out of an enclosed trailer and often serving from my own stomping grounds, Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center at El Paso. He began his journey in coffee with an entry-level espresso machine that soon grew up and blew up and exploded into a mobile business, of course, feeding the legal substance of caffeine to the students and doctors to the clinic, hospital, and school of Texas Tech University Medical Sciences Center and the Paul L. Foster School of Medicine, plus all the the great stuff that goes on there with nursing and dental and so forth. And uh, he's definitely in a right uh, target audience of feeding caffeine to a group of people that needs it the most. Ramon has specialized master's degrees and postgraduate certificates from the University of North Texas Health Sciences Center at Fort Worth and Texas Tech Health Sciences Center at El Paso, and even a degree from the University of Texas at El Paso here in El Paso, of course. He's hoping to be a doctor, and he's actually on the wait list at the Paul Al Foster School of Medicine. That's where I used to work at. Ladies and gentlemen, you can visit him online on IG at Glias, G-L-I-A-S, Coffee Co. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Ramon Parada. Ramon, how are you? Good, sir. Hey, doing well. How about you? I am doing fantastic. I am so excited to have local um, uh, individuals from my own city, from El Paso, uh, on the very first episode of of season three for us, um, excited more importantly too because you're you're in my old stomping grounds of uh, <laughs> Texas Tech University uh, here in El Paso, the health sciences. For those of you who don't know, El Paso has a medical school, um, big deal kind of thing. Uh, we have a uh, biosciences medical school, a school of nursing, a, school, a dental school, um, and and that's just the beginning. I, I know there's plans to continue and. I used to work there um, uh, moons ago, several moons ago, and uh, uh, definitely know the, the the area and know the the clientele perfectly well. Being that I used to supply caffeine to many doctor and staff there, and so it seems Ramon has figured out, hey, why not make money off of it? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and so he's done so, uh, Ramon. Uh, First, tell me a little bit about like what's going on here, because you, uh, you know, when I ask people to come on the show, I tell them I'm like, well, I already know a little bit about you, but send me a little bit more information. You are definitely the smartest man on the phone right now, uh, <laughs> with with all the master degrees that you have, as well as uh, an undergraduate degree in neuroscience from UTEP. Um, you are incredibly talented, good sir. Uh, what brings you into to coffee? Thank you. Yeah, uh, it's odd to hear that because I wasn't the greatest student growing up as a child and adolescent. So it's weird to find myself as an adult in this position, but uh, I'll take it. Sure, um, better, better late than never. Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, so tell yeah. me what's, what's driven you into coffee overall? Because I mean, I, I saw that right here. You, you purchased an entry level espresso machine, uh, during the pandemic, is this where you started or is this something that you've already had a passion for? What goes on? Because just going into a mobile business, this is like mind boggling that you just go on going on to this. You, you've realized that there's a, there's an audience, but for you to actually do it, that's pretty great. 
Yeah, so it's a, a lot of different things kind of happen at the right time. And I've always been inclined to, how can I phrase this? I've been a industrious in a way ever since I was young. I felt uh, just drawn to that aspect of being able to generate money without physically being present or generating money through your ideas and just having additional revenue streams that will give you that freedom to do what you're actually passionate about, um, if that makes any sense. Sure. And in my case, it's always been medicine. That's, that's It's my life. It's the one thing I really don't see myself doing anything else other than medicine. And to expand upon that, I live really close to campus right here in central El Paso. Uh, so close that I can actually walk to class. And I found myself in a position where my girlfriend at the time, we lived together, her car broke down. So she was using my vehicle for a few weeks. So I was walking to class, uh, to campus, back and forth every day. And I always walked past this abandoned, seemingly abandoned strip mall. And I thought, like, this would be such a great location for a coffee shop because, you know, being a student there, knowing the community at Texas Tech, there's really not many options for coffee. There's a Starbucks, but it's not walking distance. And you know, Starbucks is reliable, but it's not the greatest option. But other than that, like, there was nothing else. So I kind of reverse engineered the business plan and secured the spot first. I hit up the landlord that uh, owns that strip mall, see if he would be able to give me some sort of agreement where I had exclusivity as a vendor. And he was into it. So we made it happen. And then that's when I started looking for trailers, looking into equipment, and then seeing what it took to, you know, get things off the ground. So that's essentially how the business component started. But my introduction to the coffee world, as you mentioned, um, my ideal study spot were coffee shops for the longest time. I could never be efficient uh, studying at home. I would always have to go to a public space it helped me be accountable. But when COVID happened, obviously that, you know, that stopped being a possibility for almost everyone in the sure, world. So sure. I got myself a Breville Bambino Plus espresso machine. I was gifted a Breville grinder and I went down the rabbit hole of espresso. Uh, I learned and read everything I could get my hands on the bought espresso, brewing the perfect shots. Um, not so much about coffee. I was, I felt mostly drawn to the the process and the different variables and factors that go into espresso making. Sure. Um, up to this point, I haven't really messed around too much with the pour over or different brewing methods other than espresso. Although I should, right? Like being a <laughs> a business owner, I suppose. So. Well, but, um, I, I I can say um, I I know the spot you're talking about. Um, being that I worked there for for many year. Um, I, I am wholeheartedly impressed by the fact that you just jumped into that business, especially because of just where you started off and, and you were definitely Alice going down that rabbit hole and uh, welcome to the other side because now you know how expensive and crazy we are. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. And uh, it, it's just fascinating that you would have gone from that speed because we're talking about uh, just a handful of years here, uh, two or three years that you, you you've gotten into the, 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 the actual, a hobby of coffee and then all of a sudden you know down that rabbit hole you go and 
more interest, more building. And before you know it, like you said, reverse engineer things. You realize you need the space, realize an audience is there and uh, attacked it and, and uh, you're, you're off to uh, to the races. Um, what's been the, being that I'm not there anymore, I can't really tell you because obviously I would I would be able to be like, hey, did you know about this coffee shop? I'd be the first one out there. But um, what's been the, I guess the, the the fanfare. What have been people people been saying about the coffee shop? I mean, doctors, students, uh, staff members. What have they all been saying about it? Well, at first when I opened, I was very unsure how I should go on about mentioning that it's my business. In fact, I didn't really bring it up to my classmates. So I just started working there. Um. And sorry, let me backtrack a little bit. The program I just finished, the second half, is gives you a lot of freedom as a student because you have to conduct research, but you can do that at your own time in a way as long as you meet the criteria, uh, like hitting a certain amount of hours per week. So I was in a privileged position that I could do that and not have like strict lecture hours like in the conventional curriculum. So in case anyone's wondering, that's how I made it happen. But uh, to go back to what I was saying is I didn't mention it to the staff or classmates, just my close uh, friends from school. And they would tell others, like, that's actually someone's uh, coffee. You should go. And when they asked me, like, I didn't deny it, but one thing led to another. And I guess I was known for being that. I guess the owner of the copy trailer in a way. And I'm also very quiet and introverted. So I don't really interact. I wouldn't interact much with my classmates. So I think that's the only thing they would identify me as like coffee guy. Um, (laughs) Well, you wouldn't be an applying student if you weren't introverted and a little, (laughs) little like, like quiet about these things. I, I worked a lot with, uh, with students that were applicants and, and, uh, actual candidates and in the nature. So I understand the type, uh, but, um, more wholly impressed by your, your outgoingness and, uh, the extraordinariness that, that you've actually shown to, to be proficient in the field of just creating a business. And, uh, one that's taking off quite a bit because you're, you're not only just, uh, doing this in that location, but you're also getting a lot of bit, uh, I, I would think you're getting a little bit more attention to other markets around El Paso as well. Yeah, definitely. So I think the, the big break in a way was working Winterfest, uh, with the city of El Paso last winter. Um, for context, we've been open as a business for eight months. So it's not too long. Um, but yeah, Winterfest for me, that was a big, uh, eye-opening experience in that, in one day, we made in sales what we made in the first uh, three months. Good for you. That is fantastic. Yeah, and, you, was- and, and you're using coffee from uh, Chad's uh, Picacho Coffee over here in Las Cruces, I believe, correct? That's right. Yeah, yeah. I went to a coffee uh, workshop that he had. That's when I got to know his mind a little bit. And he's a total nerd when it comes to roasting coffee. So I really like his product. I think he has great values that clearly reflect on his business. So I'll be a loyal customer of his um, <laughs> while the shop is open. And again, his product is amazing. So yeah, that's I, I, I would, 90% of the reason I would second Sorry, that Ch- Ch- Chad's probably one of the top five roasters in the entire country. Uh, when it comes down to specializing and I'll add a link to his, um, to Picacho coffee uh, on the, uh, this page itself. So you can check it out. 
Um, but you're using the coffee. So what are you offering that's been so big for some of these students, doctors, staff, anyone that comes out and visits your truck? What has been the uh, the menu for you, uh, Ramon? Well, it's very espresso-centered, right? So like lattes, americanos, cortados. So you can't get that anywhere in your, in your campus, at least not at the moment. Um, but Café de Olla, I don't know if you're familiar with it. That's oh, yeah. been a huge, huge hit. Um, I started messing around with different recipes uh, after I had opened Glia's, and I became so neurotic and obsessed about getting, like, the right recipe and, like, dose of ingredients and such, and I think I've come up with a good final product. So that's been, I would say, the top seller. Um, and I'm surprised not more coffee shops sell it, being that we're on the border and it's such a essential component of, you know, like Mexican cuisine and being a coffee drink that's made in the, in the fall. But, um, yeah. So to go back to your question, mostly espresso based drinks, uh, ice drinks, you know, the El Paso weather, right. Um, yeah. Hot and hot year round. For, <laughs> yeah. And I get different pastries. Uh, I bake some myself and sometimes we sell pre prepared foods in a way like chilaquiles or, or burritos. Um, we're pretty limited in that our trailer doesn't have gas or, you know, nothing that, how can I, let me rephrase it this way. We can only use electricity to cook. Sure. So we have to get creative. And, uh, and, and it seems you've been doing fantastic. What's, what's been the overall, like just impression of, of doing this? Is this something where the investment has already been reached where you're already feeling like, okay, this was a smart decision. We're doing fantastic and uh, just keeping steady and keep going. Or is this something where you're kind of like, well, I am a, a student that's on a wait list for the Paul L. Foster School of Medicine. What's, what's the plan there if you, if, when you get into school or anywhere else here in El Paso or anywhere else across the country? Come on. Yeah. So I'm actually waitlisted in another medical school in Fort Worth. So so my future depends on how my academic endeavors pan out, obviously, and the opportunities I may be given. But to answer the first question in terms of the investment, um, really, I funded everything through a small business loan um, and some of my student loans. Probably not a good, intelligent decision. <laughs> but, it's all right. Um, it's all right. <laughs> um, man, I paid... I've paid 80% of the loans off in six months. Wow. So like I didn't have like parents that gave me like money, nothing wrong with that. Right. But like everything was funded through a loan. Um, so to me, that's, it feels amazing just to reflect on that. And the fact that in probably a month or two will be cleared with no debt and almost all the money I can keep putting it back on Glia's and improve, learn, um, which leads us to what's going to happen, you know, with, with school or depending how things pan out. And, you know, I'm not sure in the perfect world, I would like to keep Glia's open. I think I can make that happen. I have a very unique academic journey in that I've attended medical school in Mexico before. So I'm very familiar with the, the preclinical curriculum. Um, they call it like the basic sciences. So, sure it would not be the same as a student that's never been in that curriculum or the program I completed at Fort Worth, they kind of mimic the first year of medical school. So I feel very confident in my 
academic ability and skills within the context of what I will face in the yeah. first years of medical school. Not to minimize them, but that'll be something I can use to my advantage and, you know, probably hire more people that can help me run it. Let's still keep a good balance and that you're not too detached to the point that the quality decreases, which I think happens a lot um, with business owners and businesses. Sure. I, hey, I would apply if I could, if I didn't already have a 24 hour job doing what I do as now, trust me, the, uh, the endeavor to just be in a, in a place where we're selling coffee, selling uh, legal stimulants to doctors. It's, it's fascinating that, that that's the case that's going on that you're, you're selling drugs to drug to uh, people that gives drugs out. So it is pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty funny to go down that route. Tell me a little about Glia's. It, it's obviously it's a different name. Uh, the logo is, I believe your, your pup, your dog. Yeah, that's right. That's Glia. So it's a pretty cool story. I got Glia and I named her after a type of brain cell, the glial cells. <laughs> um, that's derived from the Greek of a uh, glue, uh, the cells were named glia because we thought their function was to like keep structures together at a cellular level. Later we found out that that's not the case, but the name stuck. So it essentially means glue or <laughs> glia. And I named the puppy that because of my interest in neuroscience. And when I was brainstorming names and branding concepts for the business, I thought, you know, why not just glias or glias coffee? I also consider glias espresso or just glias, but uh, I liked glias coffee co. And the branding of, of the business is centered on her. The logo is, is her smiling. And we use some uh, brain cell elements that you may see like on our merch or <laughs> stickers. So I'm very happy with how it came out. The designer I work with, Eric Lee, um, he's amazing. He's, he's off of uh, Brooklyn and New York, but uh, worth every penny. I, uh, I'm always happy to see individuals that, that form businesses in El Paso locally, whether it be El Paso or somewhere else, they're always uh, working together with some entity. And, and it seems like you have a really good relationship, obviously being from the University of well, Texas Tech University of Health Sciences in, in El Paso, and you've got your you know biomedical science degree there as well. Um, where where does this partnership continue with you? Or is this something that has formed to be, be, be something a little bit more where – University is kind of saying, well, there's Glia's, right? Or is this something where uh, it's it's just more fan-based or it's student-based and people realize now who you are and what you're offering and uh, it's spreading like wildfire? Or, or is this something that you're just hoping to kind of just make organically where, where uh, you, you get involved where it makes sense, like these fundraisers or any kind of organization that you can kind of help with? Yeah, so... As I had mentioned, the business plan is premised on being as close to campus and the hospital as possible. So the target audience is clearly like the staff and students at, at school and, and at UMC. So in a perfect world, Glia's could be on campus, but uh, everything is just contingent on my on what happens with the school, right? Sure. So, and also that would not be cheap and it's, it's not like I have a ton of money to, to fund a brick and mortar of sorts, <laughs> but uh, I mean, there's always loans, but I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Right now I'm focused on making the best product I can make, uh, keep improving my skills and knowledge. And again, being as close as possible to school. The, the students have, have loved the product. The 
feedback has been amazing. Although I suppose they wouldn't tell me otherwise, right? If, if they didn't like something. <laughs> well, when you start um, getting less customers, then you'll know for sure if, if something's wrong. But it's, it seems like the espresso has been pretty right too. <laughs> it just based off of the fat fair and, and uh, so many people, I, I, I know that even uh, just skimming through, um, I came into encounter with Glia's and I was like, oh, no way this is possible. Like, this is fun because I literally was there uh, for, for several years and I was the guy known on campus as the coffee guy and, and people knew what I did and, and did on the background right. and so forth. So I'd be making uh, pour overs whenever I got coffee being sent to me. I'd be sharing some pretty rare coffees with doctors and staff and students. And uh, we, we just came to know each other and, and really just share that coffee. And so much so that I, I probably ruined coffee for a lot of people there <laughs> uh, because everyone's used to their, you know, normal stuff that you would normally get from a store and they're okay with Starbucks and things like that. That's fascinating. That's fun for them. Don't get me wrong. But uh, once you get taste of something that's a little bit more uh, substantial, like your Picacho, a coffee roast, um, even if it's not something that's unique or a great, you know, special blend, it's still high quality, properly roasted coffee that's being come from a, from a craftsman that, that's uh, that knows what they're doing. And when you're able to pull a shot that's just beautiful and and and, and make it that well, um, you got exactly what Leah's doing, which is um, a really good coffee shop and feeding uh, quite a few people to their to their uh, much needed substances that they need. Because gosh knows, doctors, students, uh, you're, you're probably you, you probably should have this business open twenty four seven. Now that I'm thinking about <laughs> it, I'm on twenty four seven should be the route you're going. Tell me, how, how are you working with uh, Texas Tech in terms of it? Because I saw that you also have a scholarship fund that you've, you've created. Yeah, so the fundraisers we've had, those have been with, in collaboration with student organizations. Um, so the way that works is whatever we sell the entire day, um, 20% of that is goes to them. Um, when you factor in how much I have to pay our baristas and for the materials, like I break even and make a very small profit. So when you analyze that transactionally, it's not a good idea for me. But the way I look at it is this is my opportunity to sell my product and my services to the people. If they like it, they will find me. And also it's a good cause, you know, um, as a student and being part of the community, if we can triangulate money in a way and have it good to some, have that go to something that will benefit them, then why not? And it's also more experience for me to to learn more about the business because I've never worked in a coffee shop or the food business at all before this. So this is all new to me. Um, and, and that kind of so, takes me to, to the next part. I'm, on. I, I'm curious because I always ask this to guests that come on the show and, and whenever they own their own business, I, I like to pick their brain a little bit and understand what goes into this. So what have you found the most difficult thing about doing all of this besides obviously never been in the food industry, uh, never been a barista except just working it from home. And obviously what you have now as compared to the Bambino, uh, it, it's a completely different beast. Oh, yeah. um, but, but what's been the most challenging aspect of us all for you? Um, that's tough. Um, He's like, it's so many other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so one of my good customers, uh, he, he's a regular, his name's Michael, and 
I swear to God, this is relevant to what you asked me. Uh, he, we bonded because he mentioned he wants to open up a coffee cooler too. And I remember that when I was seeking help and pointers from local businesses, they began treating me differently when I mentioned that. And, you know, I just don't want to be like that. So the, the minute he mentioned he wanted to open a coffee trailer, uh, I just started giving him all these like things that came into my head, like, dude, look into this, look into that, keep this in mind with the, with the caveat that this is just like my experience and it may be different for you. But, um, to summarize it, if I could go back in time, I would tell myself that whatever time, money, energy, and effort you think will take into getting this task done associated with the business is probably going to be double of that. So twice as hard, twice as time consuming, and just being cognizant of that, I think, will be helpful. So short answer is the hardest part is just making the best of the time that you have with the resources. Um, and that is probably because I'm new to the business. Sure. Sure. But the one thing that is, that I have on my favor is, uh, you know, being in school for so long, I don't want to say that I'm just like super back at, uh, like a, what's the name? Intellectual guy, but school taught me how to find the right answers and ask the right questions for things. So I think I've been very efficient in troubleshooting things like marketing wise or product improvement. Yeah, you're you're trying to find a good employee. You're a problem solver. Um, you you you're, yeah. criti- you're critical thinking. I mean, obviously, this is the field you're getting into. Um, you see a problem, you're trying to see. Okay, well, what, what can we do to fix it? And that, I mean, obviously, that's what your doctor uh, trying to do as a doctor, you're trying to fix a problem, and then yeah. uh, use the resources you have available to you and try to make uh, something that's correctable to it. But uh, so, so with all of that going on, and it's been, like you said, only been open for, for eight months, what have you kind of seen as, that you weren't expecting, Ramon, that just came out to be kind of like a blessing or just even like, like wow, that's been fantastic, where it just catches you off guard every little, little time you see it or experience it? Yeah, so it's two main things. I would say the first one is when you just overhear someone. So when you're in the trailer, making a drink, you can hear almost everything that the customers are saying between them, right? So they're having a conversation. I'm almost always like hearing to what you're saying. And when a customer tells the other one that, you know, I got this drink last time and it was so good. Um, that's freaking dope to me to hear that because, you know, to have this idea, this thing that was once just an idea, you know, like I want to open a business and like, brainstorming for the logo, devising the recipe, selecting the equipment. And now it's something like tangible, something that you're even ingesting. So for someone to hear express joy or positive emotions about it is pretty cool. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's, uh, it's magical. So, and the second thing is being able to use Glia's platform to improve the community. So I'm sure you heard of the migrant crisis we had in late November and December here in El Paso, right? So we used the business to collect donations and go and deliver food to migrants around the streets. Um, we've been able to do the fundraisers, as I mentioned, and we have a scholarship now to pay for the expenses associated with applying to medical school and dental school, which is 
it, it, once you start counting all the things that go into not only preparing to apply, but also like applying and then submitting subsequent applications, which you call secondary applications here in the state of Texas, it's a ton of money. So when you don't have a, a financially privileged environment, like those things add up. And I remember when I was submitting my applications, um, it coincided at the time that my dad died. So I used up almost all of my student loans to pay for his medication, um, some like medical equipment that he needed because he sure. lived in Juarez. So the medical system in Juarez is very different than the United States. So even though they have a socialized healthcare system, it's anyway, I don't want to get into that. Yeah. But uh, long story short, it was quite burdensome for me to come up with the money to pay for the, the applications for, for the MCAT. So, yeah, that was just one thing I wanted to be able to help to other um, other people in that situation. Well, I'm, I'm glad, Ramon, that you recognize the, those parts of it because having seen it myself um, in, in the background of, of seeing students apply and uh, understanding the cost, and, and it's tremendous. Some students, more than others, are privileged to to have that some some are not and 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 everyone comes from different walks of life and uh i'm i'm so happy that you recognize that uh it, it's not a field that should be shielded just to those that have and and those that can't be there should have similar opportunities and, and i'm glad you created that scholarship fund to be able to help uh facilitate those changes for those individuals in need so it does mean a lot to see that uh com- community outreach that I wish we had more of uh, in our city, but across the country, I think we'd be <laughs> a totally different world if that was yeah, the right. case. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but overall, I'm so happy that you're doing it. Ramon, tell people where they can find you. Thank you. Yeah, so um, Instagram, uh, at Glias Coffee Co, G-L-I-A-S uh, Coffee Co. And we have a Facebook, but we have like five likes at the moment, so if you want to go and like that... <laughs> Facebook and, never um, takes off. It's okay. Facebook is <laughs> always the last thing to go nowadays. It's, it's turning into the MySpace, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, if you want to know where we'll be at, um, just hit us up on Instagram. I post our schedule every Sunday night or Monday morning. Uh, we'll be at the Upper Valley Farmer's Market on far west El Paso every Sunday throughout June, July, and August. Literally every Sunday. So, if you want to Hit us up. We'll be there. And then during the week, it's uh, cool at Texas Tech. Beautiful. I love that, Ramon. And and for anyone that's listening that's from El Paso, go show some support to Glia's Coffee Co. Uh, tell them, tell them that, that you heard them on the show. Support <laughs> them. Uh, buy coffee. Say nice things because obviously now we know Ramon can hear us talking outside that trailer so so be careful <laughs> oh, what <yeah>. you're saying <laughs> ramon thank you so much for being here it means a great deal especially having our local town uh representation it means a lot and i cannot wait to see the uh, success for glia's coffee co reach new paramounts thank you so much if i could just add one thing of course of course um if, if anyone is, that's listening is curious about starting a mobile coffee shop, coffee trailer, coffee truck, and is confused with permits, equipment selection, anything, I'm more than happy to help. I struggled to find a concise guide online when I was in that stage. Everything from the generators, how much power you need, the plumbing, it's so confusing. And 
I mean, I would be happy to help. Just send me an email or direct message to the account. I'm happy to chat with you about it. Awesome. As long as you want. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ramon. Thank you so much. And don't forget to subscribe to Everything Coffee on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at everything.coffee.podcast. And check us out on our website at everythingcoffee.podbean.com. And thank you for supporting and listening and doing your support to local businesses in your city and around the world.